Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. Today we tackle a topic that people don't like to think about too much, or talk about too much for that matter. Let's talk about judgment. It's it's a word that just, I'll be honest, no matter who you are, just kind of brings a bad attitude. Because, why is that? It's because people don't like to think about judgment. Uh, if you get a traffic ticket, you got to go before a judge, and the judge will render a judgment. And there is an eternal judge. And believe me, the world, people, whether you're saved or lost, no one wants to think about it. No one wants to to think about it. And by the way, there's no indication in the Bible that there is a final judgment, okay? But but that judgment is completely postponed. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that if you do evil, evil comes to you. Uh, God is not mocked, whatever... It says a man, but it's a man or a woman. Shall sow, that shall you also reap. Um, sometimes I find it interesting on uh, YouTube. They have section. They have little videos on what they call instant karma, and basically it's where people drive like maniacs, and then immediately there's, you know, they get they pay for it. They either you know get pulled over by the police or something or they crash something like that um and by the way uh biblical judgment is very very different in many ways from karma Uh, not even gonna go there but let's hit it from this particular thought process okay so in hebrews 9 27 the verse says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, after that comes judgment. Okay, now let me point this out. That word man is, in the Greek, the word anthropos. Anthropos means humankind. Everybody. Male, female, whatever you want to call yourself. If you're human you're going to face judgment. End of story. Now, interesting. Doesn't say, oh, except for the Christians. Oh, except for the believers. No, not so fast. Everyone gets judgment. Everyone gets judgment. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, what's what's the big deal about being a believer if you're going to get judged? Well, it's a different kind of judgment. Think of it this way. Uh, in the military, um, you, you know, if you're a civilian, 
there's a civilian process all right for judgment if you're in the military the military has a separate code of justice it's federal it works for that branch uh, in the US they have a team of lawyers called the JAG Corps Corps and JAG is an acronym for Judge Advocate General because it's military law and interestingly enough there's also maritime law so if you're out on the ocean and you do something crazy you can actually be judged by maritime law but it, the main thing is this is a believer is so to speak in God's army God has his own set of rules for that kind of group why because they are members and because he owns them and I think anyone in the military who serves in the military kind of gets this idea of yeah they kind of own you yeah when you're in there mm-hmm yeah they kind of own you now here's the thing the word judgment the word judgment that's a fascinating word at least if you'll do a little word study on it so the word is actually a Greek word, chrysis. Okay, and if it sounds familiar, it should, because chrysis uh, is connected to, in fact, the precursor to the English word crisis. Now the Greek word means separating. Centering uh, a trial, a contest, uh, also implies a selection process. Uh, also implies a, an opinion or a decision given toward that person. Whether they're right or wrong, and it's about justice. Now, the basically crisis or crisis I should say the English word is a Latinized form of the Greek word and what it means is this though a turning point in a disease that change which indicates recovery or death so let me repeat that basically it means that uh, it's more of a medical term and it means that at some point when somebody has a disease they're either going to get better or they're going to die okay now that's a crisis yeah kind of fits doesn't it now The word uh, continues. Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about the lost people. All right. If you're not a believer, <laughs> uh, if you said, "Hey, you know that God stuff, it's great for you. Didn't work for me." So here's here's the problem, uh, and people can choose to believe it or not. That's that is the value of free thinking. 
And that's what God gives us. Free thinking. God's not going to force you to join his family, his military, his team, whatever you want to call it. He's not going to force anybody to be a believer. But here's the thing. Once you die, it's too late. It's over. Because, by the way, that verse in Hebrew makes that sound pretty immediate. And that is that once you die, then presto, you're right there, standing before the living God, and you're about to be judged. Now, obviously, if you're a believer, like I mentioned, different set of rules. Now, here's the set of rules we're, 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 we're looking at. And, and But before I get there, let me show you something. Because believers get a little arrogant. They get arrogant and they get prideful because, they, oh, well, no, I'm a believer, so nothing touches me. I'm not going to have any problems at all. Well, no. No, that, that's not right. Because I've said this before, and I'll say it again for as long as I can. God resists and actively punishes pride and arrogance on any level, at any point, in anyone's life, no matter who you are on this planet. And you can say all day, Oh, no, I'm a believer, so I can just ask forgiveness and, and everything's done. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that, but there is still, there are consequences. A believer can make a uh, really bad decision and, uh, you know, uh, drive erratically and hit someone and that someone can die. And you can ask God's forgiveness for the foolishness of the of the incident, yes. But that's not bringing that person back from the dead. So, you see what I'm getting at? I mean, there are consequences. People don't seem to focus on that too much. Because we just, we, oh no, I'll just ask forgiveness and everything will be fine. Yes and no. <laughs> You know, et eternally, yes, Jesus, you know, through the blood will wash you clean, and that sin is forgiven by God, but you still got to live through the consequences down here. So here's the thing. This is an interesting passage in Corinthians uh, that Paul mentions. It's 1 Corinthians 11, 27-31. Corinthians, to me, is an amazing book for this one reason— People want to take this book and use it as a text and a manual for living. And it and in some ways, I totally agree with that. But in other ways, I'm like trying to emphasize that church was messed up. That's why you have two letters to it. And so before you start, you know, picking jazz out, you need to look at the whole thing and realize they were really, really, really screwed up. And that's why Paul was writing them. Now, were they believers? Yes. But they had issues, a lot of them. 
But man, we love to grab the second chapter of Acts, talk about all you know the speaking in tongues and all. And believe me, I'm a believer. Okay, and in in manifestation gifts, I don't have any problem with that. What I do have a problem with is people grabbing that and then not using the biblical layout, just and and using the gifts like 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 it's some kind of of sports club. That that makes me crazy. But here's the thing. In this situation, look at this. Again, it's 1 Corinthians 11, 27, 31. They're talking about, Paul's talking to them about the Lord's Supper, all right? And he says, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For everyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself or herself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we will not be judged. And that is the word crisis. Okay, so the, these guys were in a crisis. These are believers. Okay, we don't really focus on that. These were believers who were weak and sick, and some of them blooming died. Now. Unworthy, the word unworthy, you can dig into that a bit, but it really starts talking about in, uh, uh, taking the, uh, the Lord's Supper irreverently. And what Paul's talking about is checking out your attitude, how you're, how you're taking the Lord's Supper, as well as the sins you got on board before you do that. Most pastors I know who are sharp will ask their people, their, their, their parishioners, their congregants, whatever name you want to throw them, to have a prayer. And they'll have a prayer before the Lord's Supper so that they can ask forgiveness for anything they've got between them and God so that they take that serious. Because that's what Paul's talking about. That is a serious issue. Now, it says judgment. Judgment. They're having a crisis. So, so when people say, you know, when people give the impression that Christians get off scot-free, no, they don't. Mm-mm. Nothing, nothing in the Bible that says that. Now, Eternal sin, forgiveness, you know, forgiveness uh, in, through First John 1, you know, 1, 9, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, that's how you get to the point of being worthy in this situation. Now, here's another thought process. And this is actually also in Corinthians, because why? Because Paul's trying to get these people on board, all right? 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. This is about reward. All right. And he says, 
For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on a foundation with good, with, excuse me, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now, what does that mean? That means if you're a believer and you go through this, this, this world, this life, and you're a selfish little toot, and you only think about yourself, and you don't, you don't give, you don't work at it. You, you're, you're not trying to change. Uh, you know, your attitude stinks. First thing I'm going to say is, uh, you, you know, are you going to lose your selfish? I don't believe that, but I do believe this: you're going to stay in a state of continual discipline. Because it's the word says God disciplines those He loves, and He loves His believers. And here's the thing: you're going to be freaking miserable. So if you're wondering why things don't ever work out, if you're wondering why junk always happens to you, that could be part of it. Now, in this world, we're going to have tribulation. Bottom line, I mean, it's just going to boom and happen. But the issue is, the Holy Spirit can intervene. God can help make things better, work things to the good of those who love the Lord. If you focus on that, if you don't, and you and you and you, you're just running roughshod through the through the world like like a maniac, then you're going to be weak. You're going to get sick. And you may even get to the point where you do something that God's got to pull you out of out of the planet for, and you may die. Now, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not talking uh, lose salvation here. I'm just talking about a Christian can be a pretty miserable individual if they don't focus on God's will. Now, how do you do that? I've mentioned it a million times, and I know you're probably repeating repeating it right now. Prayer, Bible, study, and outreach. Now, um, a lot of I've heard ministers mention in the last verse, First Corinthians three fifteen, that basically these people are the people that get into heaven, riding right over the top of the eternal fires of hell, and they slide into home base, smelling like smoke. I, I think the thought process, you know, you know, can that, that, I think that's expanding the thought process quite a bit. But uh, I'm gonna say uh, maybe so. Okay, but this is about works. This is about what we do. If you do something selfish, and you get your reward, by the way. You 
tell everybody, hey, look what I did. Well, that's going to be the wood, hay, and stubble. If you do something for, for someone you, and, and you don't ask for anything back, you don't tell anybody. Then that's the, the gold, silver, and precious stones. Because Jesus himself said, look, you know, when, when people show off, you know, he was talking about the Pharisees, a set of Pharisees. When you, when you show off here, then, yeah, you get your reward, but your reward's here. He said, he said, do your mitzvah, do your good works, do your charity in secret. And then you will receive your reward in heaven. In fact, uh, you know, obviously that's one thing that the rich young ruler had problems with. He was following then. He was following the Bible. Jesus never said that guy wasn't following the Bible. Jesus said, "Okay, sell what you got, come follow me." And the guy had a lot of stuff, and he was more attached to that. And that's one of the other things is this we get more attached to the stuff here then that can cause us problems and put us under discipline now why get into all this basically to just say this judgment is coming but do you want to be in God's family and then let him handle stuff internal? Or do you want to be flat-footed, cold-faced, staring at the living God? Because it will happen to everyone on this planet in the past and future. Anyone who's ever lived. And then have no excuse because, believe me, they'll play everything that happened in your life. Everything you've forgotten. Every little thing. Now, could be good things. Could be really bad stuff. But just stop and think. And this is where you have to think about... This is the thing that Paul's talking about. About judging yourself. If you, can, if you stop and you just take a little time and you go back through your past... And you see and you remember a lot of crazy, crazy junk. Then you need to have a conversation with the living God through Jesus. If you don't know him, please accept him. Please let him come in and change your life. And if you are a believer, then you need to start acting like it. Like yesterday, I never will. You know, there's there's an old um, story I've shared before, and I love it. It's about a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, and it's a good story about a rabbi whose disciples came to him one day and said, and said, Rabbi, when is it? that a man should repent. When should we repent of our sins? And the rabbi looked at him and he said, you need to repent the day before you die. 
And they said, wow, that, that's a good answer. But how will we know, Rabbi, when we're going to die? And the rabbi just smiled. Because that's it. You don't know. So, uh, I think there's a verse that says the day of repentance is at hand, which means right now. And that goes for believers and unbelievers, you know, non-believers too. So, with that thought process in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on speaking it on. To this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.